Light. And I am Joan Kitten. Welcome to Future Proof. We're here to discuss branding, current events, and how brands are being managed. Or mismanaged. There are many brands in the news today. Some are doing well, some are experiencing difficulties. But sadly, many brands are just behaving badly. Today, we're going to discuss streaming brands. Streaming brands like Netflix, Disney+, Paramount+, Hulu, HBO Max. Streaming entertainment is a very busy category and very visible. Just over three months ago, this category got some bad news. Netflix, the largest streaming brand, announced it had actually lost 2 million subscribers in just the first three months of this year. For the June quarter, Netflix announced a loss of another million subscribers. It's just extraordinary. Three million paid lost subscribers in the first half of this year. And to make matters worse, in its first quarter announcement, Netflix didn't meet Wall Street's expectations for new signups. This, as you can imagine, chopped $80 million off of its market values. Netflix shares are off about 70% this year. And according to Barron's, Netflix was the absolute worst performing stock in the S&P 500 for the first half of 2022. But really, Larry, Netflix situation is self-inflicted. What do you mean by self-inflicted? Netflix and the other streaming brands are what I call scavenger brands. Their strategy has been to scavenge for new customers. Scavenger brands are all about growth by acquisition of new customers. Streaming brands are just voracious vultures for viewership, really, while they take their current customers for granted. Streaming brands are making one of marketing's biggest mistakes. They lust after the customer they don't have, and they don't love the customer they do have. Streaming brands focus on growth by attracting new customers. Wall Street penalizes them if their new customer counts are too low. On the other hand, Wall Street wants growth. Wall Street wants profit. Streaming brands are finding out that growth can be very expensive. I guess these brands haven't figured out that a brand cannot survive on customer acquisitions alone. To generate quality revenue growth, a brand needs to both attract new customers, yes, but also build brand loyalty among their current customers. Current customers need to be retained. They need to be respected. And they need to be loved. Brand loyal customer are a brand's most valuable assets. Brand loyal customers are less price sensitive. They're less willing to abandon your brand to competition. And they're more forgiving when your brand makes a mistake. They are more willing to consider new products and services from your brand, the brand they love. For the scavenger brands, unfortunately, it's all about the new subscribers. 
but focusing on new customers eats into cash. It's more expensive to attract a new customer than to keep a current customer. Three months ago, Disney CEO Bob Chapek said Disney Plus was totally focused on global growth targets, between 230 million and 260 million new viewers. Now, Mr. Chabik has toned down the growth goals. Its second quarter earnings were a major disappointment. The direct-to-consumer unit, a.k.a. the streaming, reported an operating loss of over $1 billion. A year earlier, the operating loss was $293 million. Disney also noted that in North America, the direct-to-consumer division only added 100,000 new users. Disney Plus is just not profitable, which is so surprising because when you add Disney Plus and its other brands, Hulu, ESPN Plus, and Hotstar, Disney now has more subscribers than Netflix. Regardless, Disney never mentions retention of current customers or increasing the loyalty of its current customer base. So... Failure to focus on your current customers is dangerous. It's destructive. It's death wish marketing. At some point, current customers will find other streaming services. Data over decades, decades of data, supports the fact that it's more expensive to attract a new customer than it is to maintain an existing customer. Scavenging for new customers costs a lot of money. That's so true, and none of these brands yet are profitable. But take the latest entry, Paramount Plus. It's still relatively small, but in its first quarter earnings call, it indicated that it had grown its subscriber base to 40 million, an increase of 6.8 million over the last quarter. In its earnings call, the word retention was only used once. Paramount Plus believes that its library of quality, desirable content is what will retain its subscribers. Of course, Disney Plus and HBO Max, they all say the same thing. As a subscriber, at some point, you may have watched most of what you signed up for. And then you cancel and move on to the next shiny new service. As one analyst once said, customers come in, they watch, they cancel, and they leave. Where is the additional value for the subscriber to stay loyal? Well, as a potential streaming customer, you are wooed with various tiers of viewing. Some have special promotions. So you're able to choose a plan that works for you. And this is what they say will keep you loyal. This is the, what the scavenger brands call personalization. Sure. Once you become a user, you feel like a loser. Once you are a customer, you regularly, regularly learn about deals. But these deals are only available to new customers. They're not for you. You're not a new customer. You're a current customer. So too bad for you. Nothing special for you. You can only be a new customer once. Scavenging for new customers at the expense of your current customers 
is a strategy for disaster. Brands need to reinforce customer loyalty. Well, you know, Larry, we're always saying quantity of growth is not the same as quality of growth. You may be attracting customers, and clearly these brands are, but these customers may not be profitable customers. They may sign up for a special movie or an original series and then leave, as you said. They may use a free trial to watch an original program or a sporting event and not subscribe. They may be loyal to the deal rather than loyal to the brand. How many times have we said deal loyalty is not the same as real loyalty? Just yesterday, yesterday, I received a large postcard in the mail announcing that Disney Plus was offering one month of viewership for $1.99. Can you imagine how a current customer who's paying full price must feel about that? And this is going to generate a lot of deal loyal signups. People may watch the first three episodes of the Star Wars series Andor, or they may watch the movie, you know, Thor, Love and Thunder, and then not become a subscriber. I remember speaking with several people who used the free trial at Disney Plus simply to watch the Beatles documentary Get Back, and then they never became long-term subscribers. Meanwhile, current customers, whose long-term value can be extraordinary, well, they're forgotten. They're ignored. It's imperative that streaming brands make the customer experience feel special. Streaming brands use their creativity for content. They need to use their creativity to make their customers love them a bit more each and every day. Although not a streaming brand, the Wall Street Journal is a great example of a subscriber brand offering a wide variety of experiences for current customers. There's this really terrific weekly members-only newsletter, WSJ+, that details events and offers and insights and experience packages that may include trips, discussions, free audiobooks, educational courses, cooking classes, virtual tours, and passes for galleries. The Wall Street Journal focuses on finding new readers to subscribe, of course, but they're also ensuring that current readers have an expanded experience beyond newsprint. In fact, the Wall Street Journal reminds subscribers in print ads to explore your membership. The goal is to inform readers that membership does not end with the actual newspaper. There is this digital showcase to explore, download, and sign up for, for more of what you're entitled to. So, figure out ways to surprise and delight your current customers just like the Wall Street Journal has figured out. The New York Times also has this figured out. The New York Times offers fascinating podcasts, special news feeds, unique merchandise, personalized gifts. But scavenger brands focus on only one thing. Where can I find a new customer? Streaming brands are going to have to focus on their core customer base before it's too late. We may be very close to too late. Streaming brands need to change their behavior now. Restaurant news, the trade press for the restaurant industry, surveyed restaurant users, 
to understand the impact of inflation on discretionary spending. Data showed that 24% of those interviewed intend to cut back on streaming services. That percentage was higher than gym memberships, higher than video games. Research by Kantar, a huge global company, indicates that the average U.S. household subscribes to 4.7 streaming services, but expects subscriptions to decline because those who were interviewed said they intend to cut back on these services. It's so interesting because the Disney Plus recent results confirm this data from Restaurant News. So, what do you think Disney is doing? Mr. Chapek has decided to punish his current customers rather than cherish them. Disney Plus is raising their prices by 38% and offering ad-supported plans. Of course, this will generate more revenue, but as one analyst said, domestically, Disney Plus is just tapped out. Disney Plus is operating under the belief that just as their theme parks, they can raise prices dramatically and count on customers not dropping the service. Word is that Disney Plus is trying to shift from the unprofitable growth by acquisition towards profits, profits at the expense of its customers who have grown accustomed to low-price, ad-free viewing. Disney Plus is also, I hear, considering an Amazon Prime type of service using its theme parks and cruises as bait to increase streaming sales among current users. The belief at Disney is that price will not be an issue, no matter what the price. The belief at Disney is that customers are going to stick around. Maybe, but data from another piece of research shows that Disney Plus's churn, people coming in and going out, is now up to 4%. That's up from 3.1% in the first quarter of this year. The business press is saying that a lot of this focus on making money at any cost is due to the shock of Netflix losing so many of its subscriber base during the first part of the year. Okay, so let's take a look at Netflix in more detail because this is such a sad business case. Once Netflix was the brave, innovative pioneer, Netflix was the category definer. It was the disruptor. And now Netflix is being disrupted. Things are so bad that Netflix is now on a cost-cutting spree. It's closing office space, laying off employees, hiring less expensive junior-level talent, minimizing investments such as cloud computing, and, wait for it, limiting corporate swag. Netflix was the brand that each of the new streaming services emulated. Now, Netflix finds itself in a situation that we see all the time. What do you do to grow when there are fewer new users to attract. There's been a lot of comment about this. In fact, there was a story in Inc. Magazine where someone observed exactly what you just said, that Netflix has no one left to sign up. It said Netflix is so large 
it's difficult to find people who are not already subscribers. Now, ordinarily, you would consider that to be a win. But as we just said, shareholders want to see growth even when you are as big as you are reasonably going to get. I mean, really, does Wall Street think that Netflix can keep on growing at the same rate as 10 years ago? It already has 221 million subscribers. Growing at the same rate as when you were smaller is impossible. This is why brands like Paramount Plus can show such tremendous growth. It's starting from a smaller base. The same thing with HBO Max, who now has apparently almost 77 million subscribers. Netflix has basically taken a hacksaw to its current customer perceived value, destroying the Perceived value among your own customer base is marketing stupidity. All of us have an idea in our heads to help us assess the worth of a brand. We look at the brand experience relative to the cost of having this brand experience. If the cost outweighs the experience, the brand is poor value. It's just that simple. And Netflix's value equation is completely out of whack. Costs such as price, time, and effort have overwhelmed its brand experience. How could they let this happen? Netflix raised prices well above the competition. And word in Hollywood is that much of Netflix content is perceived to be of lesser quality. Netflix has so many shows that it takes real effort to sit through all of the dreck before you find something worthy to watch. Is this really worth the effort? Loyal customers are not stupid. Netflix is exploiting. They're taking advantage of their brand loyalists. For example, Netflix charges more than competitive alternatives. Why? It makes no sense. Netflix standard package is now $15.49 a month. Netflix, like its rivals, takes its loyal customers for granted. And when this happens, loyalists leave. The Financial Times had a big story about Netflix and said that it's the most expensive option in a sea of copycat streaming services. Of course, that was before Disney Plus stated its new strategy of higher prices. But, you know, the FT added that strategically raising revenue off of a diminishing number of customers is just not a sane long-term recipe for growth. And to your point, Larry, Netflix is losing loyalists. Recent data show that Netflix had subscription cancellations of 3.6 million in the first quarter of 2022. The data show that 60% of these cancellations were people who had been subscribers for under a year, probably some deal loyalist. But the more serious issue is that among those 3.6 million cancellations, 13% were loyal users. This 13% is close to half a million loyalists. Now, half a million people might not seem like a big number compared to Netflix's total number of subscribers. However, assuming these loyalists had stayed with Netflix and assuming they paid the new monthly fee of $15.49, 
you are looking at lost revenues of approximately $93 million. That's a lot of corporate swag. And this $93 million does not factor in any additional money these loyalists might have paid for watching a special movie or event. Netflix is not alone. The most recent data show that around 19% of premium services customers actually canceled three or more subscriptions in the two years up to June of this year. The average rate of consumer defections among premium subscribers was 5.5% just this past July. This is a self-inflicted doom loop. The next Netflix customer base is a leaky bucket of major proportions. It is anxiously scavenging for new customers, while current customers are abandoning the service. Data in the Wall Street Journal indicate that the percentage of Netflix viewers who signed up in January and were still subscribers six months later fell to 55%. That percentage was 62% in 2021 and 71% in 2020. Loyalty of longtime Netflix subscribers has waned. This isn't surprising. Those with two to four year Netflix subscriptions accounted for 18% of cancellations. So once a subscriber, you're ignored. Nothing special about being a subscriber. Netflix is currently the poster child for scavenging its brand while scavenging for new customers. Most of their public statements say the goal is to boost the subscriber base and thus increase revenue. Of course, when we were in lockdowns, Netflix was a fantastic gift. It was binge-worthy, at-home entertainment. But now, budgets are squeezed and people are wondering why they need to have all these multiple streaming services. Again, people are going outside. They're leaving their sofas for cinemas. Observers are saying an ad-supported offering and higher prices are all that Netflix can do right now. They're saying that Netflix has very few options for growth. This isn't true. There are many ways to grow. Grow loyalty of the current customer base. Yet the jury is out on how Netflix will face this challenge. One analyst from Citigroup believes that a Netflix with advertising package could generate cash flow needed to interest investors. True. But there are signs that these same packages may be under pressure as well. Social media, ad-supported Snap just issued profit warnings. So far, Netflix has created more uncertainty than Wall Street can handle. And Wall Street hates uncertainty. I suppose the good news is that Wall Street is finally starting to get past the hype and starting to look for actual streaming profitability. None of the services are profitable, 
And Wall Street is no longer buying into the idea that it's okay to spend billions on content and only show growth in some small foreign country. Wall Street seems to be waking up to the fact that it is not just about Netflix not meeting expectations in terms of growth at any cost. It's a problem with streaming in general. A Bank of America analyst said, in the post-pandemic world, making a rational financial decision over subscribers at any cost makes sense. The sad news is the self-destruction of Netflix customer perceived value. This is a huge issue. If there's diminished customer perceived value, then there's diminished brand value. Streaming is just an interesting category from a brand management standpoint. There's a bigger idea here, a bigger principle. Attract new customers and then keep them loyal. This is common sense, isn't it? But it seems that common sense is not so common these days. Attract customers you don't have and build the loyalty of the customers you do have. Do both at the same time. That's the, that's the principle and it's really important because streaming is growing and the predictions are eye-popping. According to the big financial services group, PricewaterhouseCoopers, Subscription video on demand is going to generate over $25 billion this year alone. And they forecast subscription video on demand reaching $33.6 billion by 2026. And now there's this focus on subscriber loyalty that may be cropping up among the streamers, which is, as you say, good news because there are simply fewer subscribers to be had. Streaming services are facing saturation to the degree that 81% of North American households already subscribe to at least one service. Netflix loss of subscribers clearly has spurred a reassessment of the category it pioneered. Now that we are going out more and watching small screens less, there's a feeling that perhaps rewarding streaming brands while not generating profit was more frenzy than fruitful. Thanks for listening to Future Proof. If you're interested in our thinking, please check out our website under articles at architure.com. That's A-R-C-A-T-U-R-E. And remember, future-proof your brands today for enduring profitability tomorrow.